well. How are you? Uh-huh. No, J-Lo was not the inspiration. Okay. Wait, what? We're doing that story? Okay, great. I'm so excited. Ooh, we see you're going to love this. Okay, call me back later. Bye. <laughs> We're doing Jacob and his children. How many do you got? Oh, my God. Twelve! Wait, um, let me intro. Welcome to another episode of Bible Stories with me, Brianda. Brianda. Joining me is obviously... Your favorite sinner. My favorite hoe. How you doing, baby? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hoe is your brand. I can do that. I know. I'm just trying to, you know, like rebrand. You know, no, you're not. <gasps> One day somebody's going to come up to me in the street and be like, damn, don't you do that Bible show? And be like, yeah. Yes, as you should. I was on a podcast last week, diving into high tangy. I was on a podcast last week and someone was like saying, oh, you got a sex worker on your show, something like that or whatever. And I was like, I'll have you know Wizzy is a very spiritual, dynamic, multifaceted woman. She is not just. I'm being honest. You're laughing. I'm being honest. You fight for me, friend. Yeah, yeah. You, you very, fight for the hoes. You are, Jesus loves us too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. He doesn't want Clap us to be it up a, for the hoes. Let's give it. <laughs> we have an audience, guys. Thank you. I am so, there, there we go, hoes. I am not a hoe, but I used to be a hoe. You guys already know my rendezvous in bathrooms and men licking my boobies. But, <laughs> Wheezy, I am super thrilled for this episode. I wanted to talk to you guys about, before we start with the story, I want, want to talk about some house, house things. Yes, what? Yes, I want to talk about the reviews. Can I read a nice one? Oh, wait, hold on. Okay. Uh, oh, just not save one your tears. Okay. Y'all, thank you so much for helping Brianda, by the way. Everybody on YouTube, you guys are giving her such great feedback, okay. and everybody's so sweet. And I'm going to be real with y'all. If you don't like it, guess who's going to be in your DMs talking a bunch of crazy sinner mess? I use curse words, sis. So let's read the first one. Love this. Love this one. So palatable. I absolutely love this podcast. Brianda tells these stories in a fun way that makes it digestible for young Christians and old Christians alike. I will keep spreading this like wildfire. Keep doing this wonderful work. God bless. Oh, you guys. That's so sweet. Y'all know this means so much to me. The only reason why I cry so much is because I can't even believe that like, oh shit, I'm doing this. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for leaving those rating and reviews. It means a lot. Good. So tell us our house rules. Um... Not house rules, but I wanted to talk about, we see, I think, I think we need to do a segment where we have like an ask Brianda or ask this, the church or something, because I am being inundated with requests for listeners for me to pray for them. They like have these like deep questions and I literally, I can't get to all of them. I've never had this much attention on me. So I bet you it's like nothing for you, but I'm getting a sizable amount of DMs asking for advice. I would like a sizable amount. That's enough, Wheezy. <laughs> Anyways, I was thinking, what do you think if like we had like an advice section, you listeners sound off in the comments. If you're watching on YouTube, let us know what you think. What do you think? I mean, I I don't know. I don't want it to get to the point where people start looking to you because they feel like they have no answers when they're praying or from God. You know what I mean? And <gasps> um, never. I do feel like people may feel like that. I think a lot of people feel very connected to you, and I think it may put a lot of pressure on you. Let me tell you something. No. <laughs> I, in the Bible, and this is a show about the Bible, 
It is my duty to condemn worshiping people. That's why I don't like when people worship dumbass celebrities, okay? Don't worship me either. I'm imperfect. I make mistakes every other day. I lie, I'm a hypocrite, I do a lot. Like don't, don't, you know what I'm saying? So like just knowing that it neutralizes the ground. It like make you, you know what I'm saying? That's what makes this show different. And that's the Holy Spirit telling me that. Like, let them know you ain't-ish, okay? Okay, fair. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that that would be a problem. Just don't hit us up about your cheating, man. I host a show called Horrible Decisions, and please, we will dog come out <laughs> for you on there. Please. Like, I, I really can't. Brianda, I don't want people to tell you about their cheating ass man, because I'm not going to be able to. Okay, like- whatever. Listen, I have to hide my toes on Instagram because of your people, your following. <laughs> <laughs> the, the second I was on Horrible Decisions, I cannot tell you how many penises I got in my dims. I was a, I, they know about my celibacy, these disrespectful heathens. Like, I, t- sorry, this is your people. Sorry, Whore Hive, I love you too. The ones that are here, I love you. <laughs> but like, listen, this is where the crossover happens. Um, for any of you that follow Brianda on Instagram, you may notice in a recent photo, she actually blurred her toes. Yes. And I just would like to say, you better save those money makers <laughs> for the Patreon. What would they call the OnlyFans for, like churchy people? Yeah, Holy Fans. Shout out to Kaz. Kaz is in the room. Should we make that a segment? <laughs> Let's call them your Holy Fans. Write that down. Write that down. Quick. Okay. For regret. Anyways, well, thank you. Oh my God, Kaz, that was so good. Listen, guys. All right. Holy while while Wheezy it. does producer stuff. Not enough. Uh, we can. <laughs> no, you do. I love you. So let's dive into the story. So this week we're doing Jacob and his children, specifically found in chapter 27 through chapter 35-ish. And I always want to say ish because in the Bible, it's so confusing. If you've picked up a Bible, Eastern Standard Version, uh, or Ooh, like um, the time. Sorry, not Eastern, English, English Standard Version. <laughs> ESV or the NIV, the New International Version, are the best versions. If you want to get, if you want to download the Bible app, wow, God, I'm doing an ad for God. <laughs> download the Bible app and you can adjust what version. <laughs> Use coupon code. Coupon code. Do we say coupon code? You I've never had an ad. I've never had an ad before. By the way, when we had to buy a Bible as a prop, I just want y'all to know, Brianda sent Alex and I a $100 Bible. She's like, <laughs> maybe we could fake it and just get a faux leather. Oh, girl, we get in the vegan level. <laughs> Bibles are not cheap. They're luxury item. They're Gucci. As Why they can't you just get one from a hotel? No. No. <laughs> Too many people have jizzed on that. I do not want that. No. Anyways, uh, you guys, so if you wanted to follow along, supplement your Bible stories with Brie uh, viewing with some actual study, that'd be great. I mean, no pressure if you want. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you want to do. Now, in the Bible, the stories are not crystal clear. Like last episode with Jacob and Esau. I actually spliced in at the last minute a story that actually happened far later, but it flowed well. In the Bible, once you get more familiar with the text, you'll kind of develop a way to do that too. Don't do it yet, but just know that that's why it's a little bit confusing when it comes to chapters. I always say ish, that's why. Now let's recap what we broke down last week. Last week was all about Jacob's trifling ass and his brother Esau. Now. We heard that Jacob 
scammed his brother off of his birthright, which is super important in biblical times. And he also stole his blessing from his father, Isaac, his blind father. Because Jacob was his mother, uh, Rebecca's favorite, she told him to dress up like Esau and punk Isaac and tell him to give him his blessing. In biblical times, this is huge. Esau was so distressed. Esau threatened to kill his brother because of what he did. And if you're listening or watching this episode and you don't know what we're talking about, please make sure to catch the last episode for more context. Hate to go on a tangent, but really had a thought. What? Whenever you talk about killing in the Bible, wouldn't it be lit if like Netflix did like a murder series, but like the Jesus kind? Instead of like wives with knives, it'd be like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that, should, that issue would be Wait, great. But it'd be so boring though. I mean, unless I do it or unless you do it, unless we both do it. Yeah. Like women who kill, but like biblical, pa- the patriarch patriarchs who kill Yeah, or something. Ooh, that's exciting. I'm into it and they can make it PG. Oh, I like that. Wait, <laughs> hold on. Back to the story. That's where we left off on the last episode. But I also added the Jacob wrestling with God, which happens way later. Right now, I'm going to fill in the gap. What happens in between there? Because Jacob ends up having 12 children. And these stories are insane. So I wanted to talk about what happens after Rebecca tells Jacob, uh, tells Jacob to, 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 to run. Because Esau literally says, I'm going to kill him. As he freaking, I understand that. You've been scammed by your own brother. That's angering. Even I was angered by it, uh, reading it. So let me get the scripture so that we understand for more context. Genesis 27, verses 42 to 46, Rebecca tells her son, Jacob, your brother Esau is planning to avenge himself by killing you. Now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subsides. When your brother is no longer angry with you and forgets what you did to him, I'll send word for you to come back. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebecca said to Isaac, I'm disgusted with living because of these Hittite women. If Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land, from Hittite women like these, my life would not be worth living. So she suggests for Jacob to leave at once. Go, because Esau is going to kill you. But also while you're there, do not marry one of those worldly hoes, the Hittites. Hittite in Hebrew means non-Semite. How do you spell that? A Hittite? H-I-T-I-T-E. And that is super important because why? I'm... It's... No. (laughs) (laughs) No. She's like, that's super important and why? And I'm like, yeah. I'll tell you, listen, it's okay because maybe the listeners don't know either. It's super important because of the covenant that God made with... Ho! Abraham! (laughs) The covenant that God made with Abraham and his descendants, okay? So it's important for them to marry within the family line. In biblical times, this was super important. I understand what incest is now. Remember, with reading the Bible, we're using the laws of hermeneutics. Some things are descriptive, not prescriptive. Anywho, so... 
now Jacob gets goes to the east. He's in Haran. He's in his uh, uh, he heeds his mother's advice. He goes off. And during this time, you know, he also has a dream with God, which I won't get into too much detail. But then he names this uh, holy land Bethel um, after this dream where God basically reaffirms what that covenant that God had made with his grandpa. Because Abraham is Jacob's grandpa. If you caught on. So chapter 29, Jacob meets Laban. And he, uh, uh, before he meets Laban himself, Laban, not labia, Laban. I was thinking, is that where we got the name? (sighs) Guarantee? No. (laughs) Because, you know, it all comes from somewhere and I just feel like it could be a root. For no, no, okay. you're wrong. We're not getting into the etymology of this word. Okay, listen. So he <laughs> finds out. So before he meets Laban, his uncle, Rebecca's brother, he goes by a well. And by the well, he sees <laughs> this fine looking shouty. Because we know what wells are like in the Bible. No, we don't. Listen, at the well, you know that there's always a beautiful woman. I don't know what it is about the well, but wells in biblical times were like, I don't know, Fashion Nova partners for Instagram. Okay. <laughs> like there's always an attractive woman by the well and he sees her. Jacob sees. Is that a fact? Like whenever there's like women in the Bible, um, are they at wells? It's, it's a Brianda fact. No, I'm kidding. It, it, it's been discussed before for scholars. It's just what wells in the Bible. There's we've got what? What? The Samaritan woman. We've What? I'm just uh, really loving this. Like, I just kind of feel like I want to have like a thing whenever we do like a meetup with like the holy fans. Oh, we're going to meet them bitches at the well. Oh, I was thinking like, oh, wait, you wanted to like rent a well, <laughs> like have like a pop up. No, we're well. going to call it's going to be a bar. The well. Come on. Oh, that's good. Oh, business, business. You're very good. Okay, listen. <laughs> so he meets, he meets Rachel by the well, and he cries because she's so beautiful. Let me get the scripture. So Genesis uh, 29, verses 9 to 12. While he was still talking to, you know, Laban's people, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherd. When Jacob saw Rachel's daughter, the uh, uncle uncle of uncle Laban and Laban's sheep. He went over and rolled the stone away from the mouth of the well and watered his uncle's sheep. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and began to weep aloud. Imagine that kind of beauty. He had told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and son of Rebecca. So she ran and told her father, Oh my God, I found him. They loved each other. So uh, uh, um, Rachel takes Jacob back over to her crib, meets his uncle, the uncles and the nephews kiss and whatever, mazel tov, oh my gosh. And guess what? Laban has another daughter, but this, her name is Leah. She was the ugly one. And they even say it, they say it in the Bible too. <laughs> Are you Le- serious? Yeah, yeah, let me, I'll get, let me get the scripture. So uh, now, oh, Genesis 29 verses 16 through 18. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, which is Bible for a boot face, like not good. Um, But Rachel was a lovely figure and was beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel and said, I'll work for you for seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. So basically what we have here is Jacob uh, uh, bargaining with his uncle saying, I will work for you on your land with your animals that need a little bit of work. And, and Jacob was so good at that. If you let me marry your daughter, Rachel and Laban said, okay, perfect. Let's get it. So, um, Oh wait, 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 wait. Before I get into that, 
I wanted to talk to you about something I saw on TikTok. Hi, Tangi. TikTok. <laughs> there was um there was a TikTok that went viral, and it was about this white girl talking about like uh, hot ugly guys, ugly hot guys. Uh -huh. And let me tell you something, Weezy. Every single person in the comments understood what an ugly hot person was or a hot ugly person was. Yeah, I've had sex with a lot of them. <laughs> no. You know how I know? What? Because I always have to like keep trying to find a picture that's a good one for my friends. Yes. Or like, no, what you tell your friends, you tell your friends. Oh, wait, no, hold on. You know what? Um, he's not really good at taking photos. He doesn't take that many photos. It's like, you know, or you love I start him, saying ugly. stuff like he's so funny <laughs> <laughs> or smart. Mm. Or like then you start talking about his pockets. Yeah. Like he's actually super rich and then nah, I'm gonna do that anyway because that's how I am. Ooh. But <laughs> but I will say I do right. think that Oh wait, earlier you mentioned Adam Driver, who's the white guy from Girls, Girls on HBO. Mm -hmm. Definitely ugly. And, and Star Wars stuff. He, okay, Adam Driver, ugly hot. Uh, Can you think of any black men that are ugly hot? I feel like that's my demo. Oh, um Lakeith <laughs> Stanfield Stanfield. You know ugly I almost hot. thought about him. And I was like, no, dude, because like he's finest. I mean, yes, but here's the thing, guys and guys, the men in the comments got so worked up. They were like, what do you mean ugly? Oh, you girls are crazy. Whatever. Ugly hot is not a bad thing. Like, for example, I love ugly hot guys. I do not. My type is not like too, too attractive. I'm not trying to like be worried and shit and like. You're nothing but you're not about to take my spotlight. But you know what I'm saying? Like I don't even like. I actually, if I need like a like a crooked nose or like I don't know, like you want to like I love a gap, gaps and mm -hmm. teeth. Like ugly hot is sexy. I like the space. I want to put my tongue in it. Like <laughs> back to the story. <laughs> um, so so listen. So um oh. At, towards the end of the seven years, because you know Jacob is now working for his uncle Laban, they have a celebration. They like because he's almost winding down on his seven years, you know. And during the celebration, Jacob goes into a room and he is ready to have his wife. It's dark, and he's like, "Where my girl at?" The girl comes in, bada bing, bada boom, has a good time. The next morning, it's Leah. He has sex with the ugly one and he is pissed. Um, Jacob goes to his uncle. You just, what? How the heck? I did not want that one. I wanted the hot one, Rachel. And the uncle goes, whoops, actually, it's not common to give away the younger one before the older one. So if you work for me for seven years, you can have both. So, hey. yes, Jacob has, Jacob is in a poly relationship. Were they sisters? Yes. Oh my God. This is who Future made the song about. Um, Jacob is like future. I don't give a, if they was real sisters. Oh, what hey, was they? Listen, he marries the both of them. Poly relationships are very common in the Bible, but not in the way you're thinking. Okay. So they weren't like. No, no, no. All. No, no, please, you know, they were not doing that. But I mean, you know, misogyny, the men got all the fun. Or, you know. Did they call them sister wives in the Bible? Or is that like a TLC thing? I feel like that's a Mormon thing, which is like a sect. That's a whole nother thing. I can't speak on Mormonism, but like, yeah. And I think they take the text a little too literally. You know, they, they find that the text defends the reason why they should have a poly. There should be poly. They should be, but not the other way around. Like women can't have multiple partners. Only the men can have multiple wives. Well, what um, religion is that? Because I got to go. You know, you're, no. The story, the story, <laughs> Weezy. Okay, wait, hold on. Oh, okay. So now it's where we get juicy. What all we just talked about, that's like preamble. Now we're getting to Jacob's children. So Jacob is married to now Rachel and her sister Leah. 
In the beginning, Rachel was barren. The hot one couldn't have kids. But Leah could. And Leah wanted to. Damn. You know, you know, wait, listen, it's really sad, but you know what happens with the ugly girls? Oh, I don't want to be, no, no, I don't believe women are ugly. Oh, some are. But their attitudes are ugly. You know what I'm saying? Um, but much like women who know that their men don't want to be with them, Weezy, they try and trap their guys or they try to like oh. have, have children. Wait, they, well, not trap. She's already married to him. But like, see, they try to have children to kind of replace whatever's not there. Girl, this is like an episode of Mori. I got to read this show. Yeah, this is what happens. So you know what? Rachel is barren, but Leah, Leah tries to win over Jacob because in the text they even say Jacob does not like Leah at all. He don't even, mm -mm, he don't even sleep in the same bed as her. Don't even look at her. He's all about Rachel. Could you imagine that? How like heartbreaking that could be for Leah. How embarrassing as a woman. Um, she eventually has her first child, Reuben. And Reuben is the, in Hebrew, Reuben means misery. And that breaks down like the misery she was in, in the relationship with a partner who doesn't love you and doesn't respect you and um, doesn't treat you like a treasure, treats you like a regular person. Um, now, Ray, um, Leah has a second child and the second child's name is Simeon. Because she's still trying, she, with each one, she's like, okay, maybe he'll love me now. Now he'll love me. If I have this other child, she'll, he'll love me now. Now, Simeon, because, she, because God keeps giving her kids and he's not giving Rachel, uh, Rachel any kids, Simeon means one who hears. So now Leah, more or less, Reuben, she named after misery. She was super sad. Simeon means one who hears. So now she knows that she's being heard, right? There's something, it's oddly, there's something happening, you know? Her third child right after, Levi, means attached. Haha. -ha. Her relationship with a higher power has begun. God. You know, now it's real. Now she's so, now she's got her eye on God and not that relationship. And then the fourth one, Judah. Judah meaning praise. And the when she gave birth to Judah, it was so special. And the reason why she named him praise was because. All she wanted to do was praise God. After he was born, she wasn't even thinking about how Jacob didn't love her enough. She was too busy trying to get love and love something much bigger, something much more powerful, something much more meaningful. She ended up having a relationship with her children and understanding truly that what a gift they were, you know? Even in the beginning um, and throughout this episode, we'll discuss how, how God sees favor in those that are lowly. Actually, God has an affinity, a special affinity for those that are poor and disenfranchised. You know, hi, Tangi, but I always wonder, like, you know, wonder, I, I keep on talking about this, like, homeless, homelessness in New York City because it's so uh, abundant here. But, like, when I see, you know, a homeless person who's obviously evidently mentally ill mm -hmm. and I see them talking to themselves and stuff, that makes me think, who are they talking to? And maybe they know and see stuff that we don't. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe they see, maybe they, maybe they're having conversations with God in a way that we could never, you know, in the text, it says God has an affinity for the lowly and Jesus always preached about showing special favor to those that are poor and have less than us. And if we're not doing that, you're not doing right by Christ. Um, but in this sense with Leah, uh, uh, you see God's sovereignty. Oh man. He's so great. 
But Rachel is so petty because Rachel is pissed. So she goes to Jacob and is like, why aren't you getting me pregnant? This girl don't have four kids and I ain't got none. What's real good? And then Jacob goes, woman, actually, I have the text somewhere. He goes, woman, should I be responsible for God's steed? It's not my issue. Take it up with God. You know, Jacob's like, it's not my problem. My stuff shooting. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God, so disrespectful. I'm so sorry. God, please forgive me. <laughs> Ooh, look what I've been doing to you. Baby. No, I'm sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. But if you've been shooting, shoot or shoot, I mean, he... no, I don't want it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Blasphemy, blasphemy. But anyway, he goes, that's All right, not my I'll problem. say it. No. So, you know what Rachel does? <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> Rachel does exactly what Sarah did with Abraham. She gets her slave woman to sleep with her man to have babies for her. Um, Rachel, wait, 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 pause. Rachel gives Jacob, her slave woman, Bilhah, and Bilhah has two kids, Dan and uh, the second one was Nephthali. What? Nephthali, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, oh, there, I mean, there's you Gad, named Asher. One kid Dan, and you name the other kid. Neptune? <laughs> necrophiliac? Necro what is it? Necrophiliac? What? what word is that? I don't know. Yeah, no, no, the name was uh, Nephthali. <laughs> Do you know what necrophilia means? Yeah. Okay. It's having sex with dead people, mm -hmm. but this isn't horrible decisions. Have you ever interviewed a necro necro necrophiliac? What's no. That? Necrophiliac. So I don't want to interview anybody that violates people. So I don't want to interview anyone that has hurt women, kids, or animals. And I think dead people are not consenting, so I'm not into that. Huh. I don't think that's a kink. I think that's that's taking it too far. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. So the judgment in my mouth. I'm like, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. No, that's on far. someone is not that crazy. Uh, let's get back to Jesus. Yeah, let's go back to him. Yeah. So Rachel gives him the Bilha, Dan, necrophiliac, and then Leah has revenge. She gets back at them. She goes, Oh, oh, really? A word? You gonna have kids with a slave woman? Well, I got a slave woman too. Jacob, have sex with her. So Jacob, Jacob now is having sex with Leah's slave woman, and they have two kids named Gad and Ash, not God, Gad and Asher. Wait, pause, what? Oh, I thought you were doing my hair. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Because you were going like this, and I'm like, it's my hair. I'll be so mad if my hair is off place. Okay, listen. So um, <laughs> then later, there's some mandrakes. Man, uh, it's a story about mandrakes. I don't want to, you know, meander too far, but mandrakes were a fertility herb in the Bible. And Leah got her eldest son, Reuben, to get her some mandrakes. Rachel sees it, and she goes, what you doing with the mandrakes? Can I have some? And Leah's like, mm. No, like, sorry, you know, I'm sure I'm assuming there's some kind of rivalry there. But Leah takes the mandrakes and Leah then has three more children. Baby number five for Leah, Issachar, baby number six, Zebulum, which sounds like an antidepressant, and baby number seven, Dinah. And this is a moment where we should pause because Dinah was Jacob's sole daughter. I, there is also a story, and it is so heinous, but I'm going to tell it because I would be so remiss not to tell it. But in the story, in the Bible, Dinah gets trigger warning, trigger warning. Alex, do something here. Trigger warning. She gets, <laughs> you're not going to want to laugh. She gets rare, 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 rapid, 
I don't want to be disrespectful. Like she gets raped. She gets defiled by a whole by, by a man um, named uh, Shem. Shem. Uh, wait, let me get the exact thing. So scripture, Genesis 34, 34. Now Dinah, the daughter Leah had born to Jacob, went out to visit the woman of the land when Shem son of Hamor, the Hivite, the ruler of that area, saw her. He took her and raped her. Now, this story is like super ill. Like I want it to be a movie one day because the second we find out that the brothers find out that their sister, Dinah, was raped, they're outraged. Could you imagine your fam? Oh, I don't even want to imagine. Actually, no, I would be livid. But Jacob doesn't want to, Jacob has so much beef. Jacob has beef with his brother who's about to kill him. It's 20 years long beef. He doesn't want to have beef with another, you know, land. So he talks to the, the father of the guy that raped his daughter and they try to negotiate. Cause Shem's like, Hey dude, I love Dinah. Even after raping her, he goes, let me marry her. They come up with an agreement where Jacob says, okay, you can marry her. But everyone in this town needs to be circumcised. And the brothers in the back are like, yeah. Everyone in this town needs to be circumcised, looking at the guy who raped their sister. You know what I'm saying? So in three days, all the men in that town get circumcised. And on the third day, all of Jacob's sons grab their glocks and shoot up that town. They kill everybody. They kill everybody. They go against what the bargain was. Jacob goes to his sons and they're like, what? That was not what we were doing. I thought we were calling a truce. And the brothers was like, no, sorry about it. We are not going to let this man rape our sister and then marry her. Are you bugging? Like, that's what the, that's what the sons did. Like, don't you want to see that be a movie? I want to see Brianna say whatever the Bible said. They was like, you bugging. I was like, <laughs> literally. That was the one time when I read that in the book, I was like, Jacob, what? And when the when the brothers did that, I was like, I wish I was there. I would have done worse. Like, you know what I'm saying? Is this why you put hoops on today? Were you, you in know that kind of I'm still, I'm still. Ooh, do we still love JLo? Yeah, what she do? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Oh. People, people don't like her for whatever reason. I don't mind her. I've worked with her. Because she can't sing. No, is it that? But you know, black people can't wait to tell JLo she can't <laughs> They're so, they're unjustly mean to her. No, no, no. no. It's because. <laughs> Wait, why? I'm sorry. Hi, Tangie. Not... Because I love hearing black people talk about how J-Lo can't sing. And Latinos, be... she can't sing. She's I'm... not that bad. <laughs> okay, listen. Y'all support mid-tier talent, okay? Because it's, it's, it's supplemented with other things. J-Lo is just a lot of just. A lot of what? She does so much. We go a little too hard from her she's a phenomenal actress one but people yes actually yes have you seen yeah. made in manhattan no 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 you guys i understand it's really it's really dope it's re yeah but look at matthew mcconaughey he was in shitty movies like that too and then he had yeah but what i'm saying is i actually do think she was good in wedding what i'm what i'm saying is she is i'm an actor like she's actually not what people say i refuse to let the public try and like change my perception of what is i'll you never know what's do that. happening i'm gonna be honest with everybody in this room what She's your Beyonce. Because the reaction she, you're no, she's not my. Actually, I'm not even a J-Lo stan. I have beef no, no, with no. her. I mean, the way that you're going for this. This is how oh. I talk to people when they say anything bad about Beyonce. This is, you're, you're, you're beehiving J-Lo right Yeah, now. but are you actually beehive? Are you actually beehive? Yeah. I'm not a stan for J-Lo. I'm saying this as an impartial person. I don't care about her. If anything, she made my hair fall out in one of her projects. Like, I'm like, whatever. She, I mean, she got, she's getting, she got her engagement is over, which kind of sucks. No, that makes me sad. You want to know why? Because why am I always hearing about these massively successful, like, and by massively successful, I'm talking about a J-Lo level. 
like course, women, yes. their marriages never last. And it's, I never see it happen. Or Can they don't I be have kids. With you though? What? I, I really believe that we gotta start commending women that will leave relationships. Like if you're with someone for 20 years, why are we so excited about it? And then we shade you if you get mad divorces. Maybe she's not putting up with anyone's ish. No, I understand that. What I'm saying is I like when I see these women, I'm hugely inspired by them. Like I want to one day get there, be there in my mm. whatever that is for me. I just wanna know why either these women don't have kids. All the women that I inspire me and like I moved by, they don't have children or they just like are so heavily invested in their careers that they they don't. I don't know what I don't know what it is. Listen, or maybe it's the other thing. Maybe hugely successful women have standards that are a little hot, really, really high. You know, there are other things and I don't know what it is. But when I saw that, I thought, damn it. Mm. I really thought with Alice you could get it because that's like her equal. And by equal, I mean like equal in power, finance, I status. It's really I disappointing. Think they're a great, great match. Um, I, I mean, know. that's the thing. Men, why are men always cheating? Uh, why are successful? No, wait, let me let me amend that. Let me amend that. Let me amend that. Why, why are successful? Now, and I just don't mean like successful, like you're the general manager of a radio shack. I mean like success, like a a Alex A-Rod, like success level. Why do they have such yearnings to desire more? Like. Sorry guys, we have a room full of people. Not, I, I don't even know if they can hear me on this, but you know, with A-Rod, you, you're mentioning him as like the end-all be-all. There's several other very highly successful, married, not cheating, never hear no crap. Who? Who? Several. N name it. Bill Gates. Braun James. Bill Gates? Uh, Barack Obama. Barack Obama. Barack Obama. <laughs> uh, Damn, cool. that was a good one. Uh, okay, no, sure, sure. Hey, listen, listen. But you're naming exceptions. You're naming exceptions, and what I'm saying. Yeah, but he himself was also getting plump, plump. That's not the case. That wasn't what I on trial at that time. What I'm saying is, yes, there are going to be exceptions. There are exceptions for everything, but. Generally speaking, why why is it that power power powerful men or for whatever reason like they did they desire more like it's more? Do you Someone think, fight me, fight me. Who wants to debate me? Do you think that um just being devil's advocate? Don't mean to use that word. I know you can't stand that. Those mm -hmm. are not next video. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> I'm curious. Do you think that maybe it seems that men in power in the Bible or rich men or men that were important in the Bible had many women or wives or something like that. Maybe this is like some internalized misogyny. But let me tell you something. You're right. There's a lot of perverse misogyny, corruption in the Bible. You're absolutely right. And I do think that men have a primordial desire to want to fornicate. It's just a, I think it's a, a, a psychological thing. In fact, it's not an I think. This has been confirmed. This has been tested and proven. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. Like, wait, let me finish this. <laughs> Men, it's, it's in their nature. No, no, no. But just because it's in their nature doesn't mean that everyone acts on it. I am aware that there are faithful men and I am aware that men that have control and I understand that that will be my husband one day. Yeah, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, I believe it. You look, seem like a principled man, Kaz. Kaz in the room, guys. But what I'm saying is that that's where... Christianity, that's where religion plays a role mm -hmm. for these men. It guides them. Because remember from episode one, we have sinful proclivities. Like, and I was just describing something that was a, a primordial desire in men, right? But that can be applied to any form of sin. 
That's why the Bible is so great. Despite my urge, despite my leanings, despite my deviant, my wanting the, the most deviant sex, despite all of this, I'm going to withhold myself from this. Like, I'm not going to pretend like they don't exist, right? That would be delusion. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to act on it because not every desire needs to be executed. You know, we live in this culture where um, people get off on more and more and more. And if look at porn. Look at what porn has done to young teen boys. Boys, they're losing their virginity like so late. My, 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 I have a cousin, a, a, a male cousin. His mom is calling concerned. Like he's never had a boy, a girlfriend. He's 24. He's never had a girlfriend. My dad like was plowing uh, pussy at 13 in the Dominican Republic. You know Ooh, what I'm saying? Is that, that's not a happy no, of course. But what I'm saying is porn, porn was an example for the point that I'm trying to make excess, like wanting to see more. There's a, there's a con to that. There's something that happens. There's a, it, it, I think that it's it spiritually kills you, like in a sense. Not to say like, I don't wanna use kill because that implies that you can't come back or something. Like, it just, I think it spiritually punctures you. So, and that's why the Bible is so great. And it tells you I stories. I agree with you on that one. And contrary to what people may think, um, I actually really try not to use porn. I think that porn has totally desensitized me from what real intimacy is. I try to use my own thoughts as much as I can. I like genuinely do because as much as I think porn can be healthy to learn and to share with lovers and experience new things, I know that it's been a crutch for a lot of people and me included. So like, I really try my best not to use it. Like yeah. only when it's genuinely for fun, not because I have to, I want to know yeah. that I can experience pleasure without that. Yeah. And I think it's like way, way too commonplace as something when can we talk about masturbation here? Let's get back to the Bible. Okay. No, no, no. Let's talk about masturbation. I think that people associate masturbation with porn. Like they can't even do it with themselves. What a travesty. You're right. So weird to me. Now, I've read the Bible and the Bible kind of foresees this. The Bible informs us. Like I said, the book of Genesis was written by Moses so that he could inform and teach the Israelites, for one, they would inevitably sin how to come back, mm -hmm. how to how to come back, refine, refine. You know, we know God knows you're, you have proclivities to sin. How do we get back on track? You need guidance. We need guidance. I think that there's this like we're so proud and, and, and we don't want to be changed. We don't want we don't want to admit we don't want to admit that we need help and assistance and guidance. Mm -hmm. What a shame. Because, God, oh, my gosh. Now I'm going to, I don't want to sound preachy or whatever, but yo, for real, when you have a relationship with God, it's like you have someone in your corner, like someone who wants you to win. Like God is omniscient, omniscient, all knowing, right? Like he knows all the things. He knows what you're about to do before you even do it. He's already seen it. If life was a YouTube video, he's already seen it front to back multiple times. So if he's there to guide you and, he, and you accept him as this sovereign being, the result of that is fulfillment. You know, I don't know. Maybe that made sense. Maybe it didn't, but it made tons of sense. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was very, you know, I thought that was very poignant. That was very poignant. I think uh, I don't know if anybody can hear me. Kaz is speaking. I don't. Well, I don't know if we but, can either. No. Uh, you make a great point when it comes to you know guys and specifically men like relying on porn being desensitized to like real intimacy. 
Like, I try not to use porn at all, really. I've always just felt like everything in here yeah. is a lot better than having to be like... Memories are your real experience. Oh, Honestly, yeah. porn turns into a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. If we start using too much porn... Like, you know how they had to, like, watch certain things? And like, like yeah. why not just have your own memories? And ha- like, that's uh, daydreaming. People who are such porn addicts, like, that they can't even, like, they need the this weird concoction of, like, nasty shit just to get them there, right? And I'm just like, nobody, who would, who would want that? That's not, that doesn't even sound fun or enjoyable, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and when you're a teenager, you're exploring For sure. all the other stuff. Granted, understood. But, like, once you get to a certain age, you got to be like, all right. Yes. Well, when you go, that's why when you're older, when you're older, you, I mean, I'm not older. I'm 28 years old, right? We're all young. But there's a reason why, like, with age comes wisdom, with experience comes wisdom. Like, they know more. People, there are beings, things, people that that know more than you. Like, if these boundaries and parameters are there, it's not to restrict you. It's so that you can receive that fulfillment I was just talking about. You know, you realize that like rebelling against your spiritual health is a young man's sport. You know? Anywho. So uh, winding down the episode, um, uh, we've got, we've got, we've got, okay, so but, uh, we, we just finished off with the Dinah getting uh, defiled by a town that was so tragic. Um, but despite that, after uh, Rachel gives it one more go with Jacob, and she has one last son, and that son, remember the name, is Joseph, the last of the Hebrew patriarchs. We'll learn more about Joseph in the next episode. And let me tell you, he is important. Um, And just to put a button on, uh, before we get to moral of the story, I'll put a button on Esau and Jacob. Jacob ends up fleeing his uncle Laban's with his like village of children and family, right? Um, Despite Laban didn't want that, but he does. He ends up leaving, yada, yada, yada. They get a little, there's a little tiff that happens because he escapes without even telling Laban. And Laban's like, bruh, what's, why'd you do that? I had grandkids. I wanted to say bye to them. Like, why'd you do that? Um, and then also that's when the Jacob res- when Jacob wrestles with God. That's the pocket where it happens, by the way. Remember I mentioned that I, I flip-flopped in the last episode? That's where it happens. And also, after 20 years, Esau and Jacob finally meet up. Jacob thought he was going to kill him. Jacob was like crying in fear. And do you know what Esau does when he sees his brother after 20 some odd years? He wails and he cries and he puts his arms around him and he says, I love you, brother. I mean, wow. Talk about forgiveness. Like, that's a huge, you know what, maybe we'll talk about forgiveness next week. Um, But that moment was stunningly beautiful. Like to see that scene play out. Jacob even goes, Esau, please take, I'm off, take my animals, take this. Listen, I'm so sorry for what I did. Like, I'm so sorry I scammed you. I'm so sorry I took your blessing. I regret that. Here, take it, take it. You know what Esau says? He says, no, I'm good. I have all my stuff. You know what I'm saying? It kind of like is a testament to people who are happy and content with what they have. They don't want, they, they, if anything, they want to give more. It, it's more of giving, giving, giving. Have you ever done like, a heavy dose of mushrooms and you're just like I'm giving some? No, take this, take this, take this. Uh, it's pretty much any drug I do, I get friendly. <laughs> oh, you're a friendly drug consumer? You've been around me, friend. But anywho, <laughs> that is literally, when you have the spirit of some, like, something divine running through your veins, that's all you want. You want to give. Like, you don't want to take, like, 
It's like, we want to forgive. Let's, anywho, that's, that's the button on Esau and Jacob. Moral of the story is, God is sovereign. Have I said that before? Yes. Will I say it again? Oh, you betcha. It's just so important to understand that when developing a relationship with God. Now, I know that, you know, I was an atheist for many years. And if I heard, if I was a non-believer or, you know, on the fence or something, and I heard someone say that, I'd be like, first of all, what does sovereign mean? Is that a bank? Like what? So sovereign for Christians is the acknowledgement and the understanding that God is almighty. God is the superior authority behind all of this. The reason why you're watching me talk on this couch in Soho, in New York City, understanding that if you've felt anything in this episode that came out of my mouth, it's the product of his doing and not mine. That is what sovereignty is. And oftentimes people in the middle say, you know what? I don't know if God's real. I don't know if he's not real. But once you understand the significance of God's sovereignty, that's when we're cooking with oil, baby. That's when you make the real shift. Oprah likes to call it an aha moment. What's that aha moment? So cool. I like to think of it as once you really, truly understand God's sovereignty, it's like a light switch going off. And that light switch, once it's on, it can never be flicked down. Once you see and experience God's power, God's sovereignty. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Ooh. Hey, Father. Cool. Yeah, we talked about the defiling. My bad. Great. Okay. Yeah, you got jokes. Cool. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Wheezy. What? Oh, you're laughing. Great. He's happy I wore pants this episode. Oh, good. Thanks, Jesus. We didn't ask you to be the wardrobe stylist, though. <laughs> hey, don't be disrespectful. He loves you, by the way. Anyways, catch you next week. Bye. Bye.